and welcome to Bring It To The Table, a brand new podcast sharing all things weird and wonderful. I'm Connor. Every week I'll be joined by fellow hosts George and Stephen as we each bring to the table something of particular interest to ourselves. This could be a variety of things, a good album perhaps, a new sport, a funny video we want to show everyone, or it might even be a new dance routine that we think is going to take the world by storm. For the listener at home and for ourselves, we're hoping to unlock new doors into things we might not have thought about previously. And during these times in particular, it seems like a very good idea to maybe discover something new. From time to time, we'll be inviting guests onto the show to bring to the table their own special something. But for today, it'll be myself, Connor, Stephen and George pounding our way through your speakers. So without further ado, let us begin the show. Bring it to the table! What comes after episode one, chaps? Episode, episode two. two. Well done, guys. <laughs> Last week, I spoke about Pokemon cards and the rarity of them. Stephen spoke about the Royal Rumble. And George spoke about Ari Mack. If you haven't heard about it yet, go back and listen to the first episode. So, let's start. George, just want to say, I uh, listened to Harry Mack based on your oh, recommendation nice from last week, and I'm very impressed. Yeah, man, he's an impressive dude, isn't he? Yeah, it was the Omegle episode I watched. Just the first 10 minutes of it, I was in quite a bit of a rush, but it's, mm. he gets matched up with someone random on the internet and asks them for free words, doesn't he? Have you seen it? Yeah, I guarantee that I have. He, he, he does that all the time. It's like the three-word game that he plays on Omegle. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah, honestly. I think it was uh, COVID was one word, sport was another one, and comedy was the other one. Yeah, and he just puts a beat on, and it's magic. Like I, my description of it won't do it any justice. I really recommend everyone to watch that. Yeah, I, I was a bit like you, kind of. I did a bit of a deep dive into him, but I ended up watching like a two-hour-long video. Um, <laughs> I, I had no idea what Amigo was beforehand, but I don't know if you've probably seen it, George, and hopefully our listeners have as well. Yeah, because uh, he, he comes across this sort of English lad who couldn't be less interested in him. He's got like a bucket yeah. hat on, sat <laughs> yeah. there on his phone, and he couldn't care less what's going on. And then he starts doing his thing, and he just completely like, loses his mind. Yeah. Wow. It's, uh, it's incredible. Some of the people who he comes across, he comes across like a uh, a, a guy who makes dildos and like sex toys as well yeah. and does a rap for him yeah uh, but yeah super super impressive guy I, I thought to start with it was a bit like you know he's just picking item of clothing yeah yeah i mean there was um there's like an episode where like some puppets come out and it's creepy like really really creepy and he just rolls with it and he's because he's that kind of guy so nice he's like oh cool man you got puppets there that's 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 interesting yeah let's let's do a rap and he just raps and like the puppets dance and it's weird but it's so good but yeah i mean i I I got really interested in the in the Royal Rumble actually. I was um I was massively interested in that coming out at the back of the first episode. So I thought I'd Magic. give the twenty twenty one like you recommended. And uh yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. Like I I can't say I know any of the wrestlers other than Edge that came back. Um know him from like previous like SmackDown versus Raw games or something like that. Yeah, yeah, he's an old um, but yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I ended up um, like sticking it on, watching the first wrestling match, not realizing that the Rumble was to come a lot later. And then I ended up skipping forward to the the, the Royal Rumble because the rest of it didn't really mean much to me. And uh, watched it all the way through. Uh, ended up uh, taking my phone and watching it in the bath, actually. So <laughs> <laughs> that's what we like to hear, Joe. So you're, you're a converted fan, maybe then? Yes, man. I, I definitely want to watch the 2021. It's uh, currently pay-per-view, so I might try and wait until like an opportunity arises where it's free or something. 
indeed yeah. well fantastic stuff chaps i'm glad we're all well we've had a good little week as always guys if you want to get in touch send us an email to show at bitpod.com that is bitpod b-i-triple-t pod.com or you can follow us on instagram or twitter with the following handle at bitpod that's b-i-triple-t pod nice perfect it's such a short handle isn't it yeah, <laughs> it feels yeah. like bitpod yeah, Bitpod, seven T's. <laughs> I think we've nailed it, guys, personally. I think Bitpod is, uh, is great. It's a nice little, nice little handle. easily uh, yeah. remembered email address. So Wait. our listeners have absolutely no excuse not to uh, send us an email. Uh, we want to hear your thoughts, so do it. Yeah, and anything that you've done uh, you know, that's linked with the show, if you've pulled out your old Pokemon cards or if you've watched a bit of wrestling or if you've got into some Harry Mack, get in touch with the show and let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah. But we've got another episode to make, so should we crack on? Let's go. Right, let's start with Stephen. Bring it to the table! I'm live, I'm not a cat. Okay, so boys, a bit of wrestling last week, a little bit different this week. I was umming and ahhing over what to do for this episode. It's always the most difficult episode, isn't it? The second one. It's like a, mm. like a good album. And... I was sat there yesterday and I couldn't quite decide which one I was going to do. And you guys might have done this during lockdown. Sat on the sofa in my pyjamas watching daytime TV. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Been watching a lot of game shows as well recently. I've got quite a little fetish for game shows. Been watching, <laughs> you uh, and me both, brother. <laughs> yeah, buddy. So Richard, Os- Richard Osmond's House of Games. Oh, wow. I've, I've not watched that one. I watch old school ones like Bruce's Price is Right and shit like that. <laughs> Oh, well, you might enjoy this one then, George. Yeah, we were watching uh, Richard Osmond, and then we also watched a little bit of, sorry, Richard Osmond, not Osmond. He's not one of the Osmond brothers. No. Uh, and then we watched The Wheel by Michael McIntyre. And watching these shows got me got me all nostalgic over a very old, I say very old, it's about a decade or so old game show called Divided. Never heard of it. Never heard of that. Beautiful. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. You could say we are divided. Indeed. And the, the show itself actually has a lot of similarities to our little podcast here with one key difference. So I'm going to talk you through the show, explain what it is. I hope to God somebody else has watched this show as well who's <laughs> listening because it is such a, a white whale for me. There is basically nothing online about it. It's, it's kind of happened once. It was a year-long thing. Nobody talks about it. There's a few YouTube videos that I'm going to put in the show description as well for you to go to. But Divided. May 2009 till May 2010 it ran for. 53 episodes got filmed, but only seven of those didn't get aired. So I think it was about 46 episodes or something kind of Mm -hmm. made it to television. Uh, It was hosted by Andrew Castle. You might be familiar with him. He was on GMTV for quite a number of years, and he's also a former... Uh, tennis player i think he was no idea <laughs> Never heard you'd, of him either. you'd know him if you see him he's, he's sort of like a really familiar face but right. um the, the idea was so it was three contestants would come onto the show they'd never met each other before and they would stand around this sort of triangular shaped table they would answer questions together they would all come on and explain their sort of their expertise so they might be like into films and uh geography Another one might say, oh, I'm quite good at history, but I'm not very good at geography. And they'd all have to answer questions. So each round is different. 
Round one is five questions. Every question is worth £3,000. What happens is when the question gets asked, the money starts going down 1% a second. So if it's £3,000 for the first question, it'll go down by £30 a second. They've all got to agree between the three of them what the answer is, put it into their screen, and then all hit this button in the middle. Right. That goes on for five questions for the first round. It would be almost impossible to win the £15,000 for the first round because even if you know the answer, you've got to kind of explain that to the other two, get them to all press it and hit it. So the money's always going down. At the end of each round, they can either choose to end the game with the money that they've won or they can move on to the next round. There are five rounds in total. In round two, there are four questions, but every question is then worth £7,500 and it goes down by... £75 a second. goes on like this. Uh, round three is three questions worth more. Round four is uh, fewer questions, but worth more. At any point, uh, they can stop and, and end the show with the money they've got. If you go through and you get three questions wrong, you go home with absolutely nothing, all three of you. If you get one question wrong, the prize pot halves. So if you've amassed £60,000 and then you get a question wrong between the three of you, it goes down to 30. So it's all ticking along nicely. Everyone's like together. And then comes the wonderful part of the show. (laughs) (laughs) So once they've amassed this money and they choose to either end it or they get to the very end round and complete the game, the money is divided unevenly. So if they've won, for example, £60,000, Someone, well, option A will be 30,000, option B will be 20, and option C will be 10. Okay. Each contestant then gets 15 seconds to justify which one they're going to pick and why. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) So you'll get people who believe that they've answered the most questions. They'll say, look, I've been key to this game today. I'm going to pick A, Uh, and then you two can sort of discuss between you B and C. And then it'll come to the next guy and they'd have maybe answered nothing correctly for the whole question, but they've come for the money today. And they'll say, I've come here for the full money. I'm taking A and I'm not budging. And then the third person might say, look, I don't want this to go wrong. I'll, I'll take option B, the middle pot. If you two other guys can separate, you know, if you can decide between the big pot and the small pot. (laughs) So they all get 15 seconds. And then what happens is you get a hundred seconds to all equally decide how the money will be split. (laughs) Similar to the game, the money goes down every second. So the 100 second timer will start. The money that you've amassed is going down unless you can all agree on who's going to take what. Sometimes it can be split completely horribly. So there have been times, for example, where the pot was like £62,000 and the sort of lowest amount was like five grand. And then it was like 12 and a half and then 22 or something. Sounds so brutal. yeah, it's absolutely crazy. And, and people just stand there really stubborn. Like I'm, I'm not taking anything less than the most. <laughs> and if the most, for example, was like 40 K by the time you've done arguing, it could be down to about seven <laughs> oh. and, and everything, everything underneath that is going as well. It so me out already just hearing that. <laughs> well, I mean, like all sort of good game shows, it wasn't a, a British concept. It came over from Holland. It's been in a few different countries. I think it, it moved over to America for a little bit, um, but it was a slightly different format. But like I say, there was such little about it 
you know, online that I thought I'd do a little bit of um, a little bit of a deep dive into it. So I had a look at the people who were involved with the show. There was obviously the presenter, Andrew Castle, who's quite a quite a big name. Mm. But there were two voiceover actresses who asked the questions. So whenever the question was asked, a female voice would read it out. There was uh, a lady in the first season called Charlotte Hudson. And then in the second season, there was a lady called Rachel Pierman. So I got in touch with old Rachel Pierman to ask her if she had any further info on the show that she could give me. And she kindly actually got back in touch, believe it or not. So (laughs) this little random guy emailed her just saying, I want to talk about Divided on my new podcast. Do you have any fun stories? No way. Yeah, she's brilliant. She come back. She told me that the the show indeed ran for a year. They recorded five episodes a day over eight days, and that was the whole series. So it was pretty Mm. intense for those guys. It was filmed in the same building uh, as the Jeremy Kyle show. So she said there were a lot of arguments, but it wasn't usually from their show. Right. But what happened was at the end of the show, the contestants would be sent out of separate exits so as to not sort of come into contact with each other if it had ended quite badly. Mm. As I say, it can get quite heated. So this 100 seconds that's going down with the money dropping, at 50 seconds, Andrew Castle will stop the clock. So they've lost half the prize pot. And he says, you know, what are we all thinking? And you'll still get people being like, I'm not taking anything less than the most, even though it's gone down by half of what it was to begin with. She did mention, you know, that the the team were, you know, absolutely wonderful. Um, Andrew Castle himself was was a lovely chap from from her sort of email that she sent back to me. Yeah. And she mentioned this one particular sort of incident where a guy, which, you know, it is on YouTube, he was a teacher. He was adamant that he was taking home the most money. He was clearly the smartest of the three of them. He'd answered a load of questions correctly. And as soon as the clock started, within maybe two seconds, agreed to take the least amount, pointed to a woman and said, you're going to take the most, and pointed to the guy next to him and said, you're going to take B. And they all did it and kind of beat the game. And Mm. the the people who were sort of in the studio, um, the people involved with the show and the contestants, like couldn't quite believe how selfless it was of him. Mm. Um, he was a teacher and, and they all sort of got like a bit upset basically because they couldn't believe how sort of kind this man had been <laughs> this, this show up until that point had just been like rotten bastards trying to get as much <laughs> money out of it as possible but this guy he, he said you know I don't want my students at home to to watch this and think that I'm greedy um, it was just like a really nice moment I, I'm wondering that that episode was around in sort of April 2010 and it stopped in May 2010. So I'm wondering if he basically broke the format oh, by wow. being such a nice guy. United. But yes, yeah, yeah, well, that was sort of, I think he literally says the phrase, you know, it, the show's called Divided, but United We Stand. And, and the <laughs> other two just can't quite believe what, what's happened. So yeah, it, really nice uh, sort of moment, but not quite what you watch it for. You watch it for the absolute sort of greed and and horribleness that comes in the last bit but yeah that's my thing today i think i'll put loads of links in the show description for, for little youtube clips that you can watch there isn't an awful lot and and just as well if she, i don't know if she'll be listening or not but rachel pierman who i got in touch with who gave me some info she's a, a voiceover actress that's done plenty of work on different things she's also got her own website as well which is craftymonkeys.com 
she does like online courses for people who who want to do sort of craft work you know quilting and sewing and things like that so shout out to her for giving us that info she didn't have to at all so yeah that's my uh that's my thing brought to the table this week chaps amazing amazing i mean i only have one question really i mean there's there's three of us here and if there was a big pot a medium pot and a small pot you know who's getting what I mean, I personally think that I, I'll go medium just to make the confrontation all about used to. Uh. <laughs> it's crazy. It's I think if you've gone there with nothing in your pocket, mm. you've got on this game show, just go home with whatever you can get. Exactly. Yeah. Anything's a bonus, isn't it? So I'd be happy with anything, man. Yeah. It's so brutal as well, because there's obviously the best YouTube ones to watch are the ones where they just can't decide between them. And they're just sort of shouting at each other. And it's just like, no, I, I've been the smartest. I answered a question about about World War Two that you two didn't get. And it's just like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> if they had a time pressure as well, like the longer they bicker, the less they get. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it just goes, it goes down like further and further. I think the show is potentially still on in some different countries. I read that maybe Spain and Cambodia have it. I know in America, as I say, they did it slightly differently. I think they had four contestants and, and you could eliminate a contestant, but it's not um, it, it's not the sort of nostalgia that I have for the show. It's the the British format that was, that was yeah. just priceless to watch, really. Now, it sounds good. I've got a lot of love for uh, game shows, so I'll probably um, give that a watch, to be honest, just just for trivia knowledge. I love, I love trivia. Yeah, man, definitely. Earlier you said... Um seven of the episodes he recorded didn't air. Do you know why? No idea. As oh. I say, there, there is such little about it I can find on the internet, but, I, you know, fingers crossed that it's because people got into physical altercation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, I, I have no idea, mate. I think it, it'd be nice to think that they were just so bad that they couldn't put them on. Um, but, yeah, it's, uh, it's absolute carnage. Sounds good, man. I'll definitely be checking that one out. Awesome. If anyone, as I say, anyone listening has seen that show or remembers it or has a like little little flicker of, of a nostalgia in their head about that, do get in touch. And, and you might know a bit more about me or you might be able to just get into the, the fanboying of it with me. That would be great. That's show at bitpod.com. B-I-T-T-T pod.com. Lovely. <laughs> well, thank you for that, Stephen. I thoroughly enjoyed that topic. Have you got anything more to add, George? No, no, that's, that's good. I'm, I'm looking forward to checking it out, to be honest, just to see that controversy between the uh, contestants. Brilliant. Well, on that note, George, it's now your time to talk about your topic. Bring it to the table! Thanks for that, Connor. Um, yeah, so I'm going to bring to the table today uh, something of a, a long-running uh, interest going way, way back when I was a, a kid. Um, so my dad, he has always had a uh, very large, passionate interest in birds, specifically British birds. He used to tell me about his childhood, you know, collecting eggshells and, you know, spotting birds. And as a kid, I was kept birds in the house. We had budgies, canaries, finches, um, you, you name it. And it's stuck in my head throughout the years. And it's something that I've got a fond memory of. Um, and there's a lot of nostalgia behind it. I had this like thought. It's um, it's, it's funny. I, I, I want to create like um, uh, an analogy. Yeah, basically every holiday that uh, me and my family have ever been on, um, we 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 go on a holiday. Usually it's it's in in Britain, um, 
we went abroad to like you know various places in in Europe and stuff like that. But we tend to holiday quite a bit in in England, and we'd uh, go on canal trips and we'd go on uh, camping trips, uh, or we'd like hire a little cottage or a caravan, and we'd always bring with us a like a little uh, notebook, um, and that notebook would be used entirely on birds. It would be dedicated to birds, and this is every holiday we've we've ever been on in in England. So running off the theme of, of, of last week's, I had a, a little thought. It's, it's, it's no different to collecting Pokemon cards in, in the sense that we would keep this notebook and we'd write a, a list of every single bird that we have seen. And we, we might see like different birds, like, like blackbirds or, or spuggies or, or sparrows, crows, you name it. And they're all like the common Pokemon cards. Like, <laughs> It's it, the birds you just don't care about, but every now and again you find your shiny card, you find your, <laughs> your really rare bird that you, you wouldn't have thought you'd, you'd go to this place and see this bird, or maybe you've gone there specifically because you know that bird might be mulling about and you, you try and find it. So, yeah, we might be walking in like like a field or something like that, and we'll be seeing all these like common birds, but then we might spot like a bird of prey and go like, oh, there's that bird, and we'd be getting out our binoculars. We'd be getting out like our a bird book, um, so we always have like a, a Collins Nature Guide or something like that, um, and we'd always be cataloging this these birds in this book and taking note. And the objective was to find as many birds as we possibly could. So you know, sometimes we'd get to almost a hundred or something like that, and we'd be trying to break that barrier. Or sometimes we'd only get forty. I don't know. Sometimes you can go to like a, a seaside area. And you can basically find a lot of like seabirds. So you find like your gulls and things like that. And, and the rare ones would be like a puffin or a, a guillemot or some kind of uh, wader bird or something like that. Or we might go for like a canal trip and we might spot that rare kingfisher that you never, ever see. And it was it just struck me as something um, that I thought was quite funny, really. Like you collect like uh, Pokemon cards or it's, it's, it's what you've got a passion about. And I've always had a passion about Pokemon cards. And I think that's helped me translate quite nicely into my dad's passion of collecting birds. And it made me think that maybe birds are somewhat of a Pokemon card of, of, of way back when. <laughs> it's, it's, the, yeah, it sounds the, like, the original collection. Yeah, it sounds like a stupid analogy to me, but I thought it was brilliant. Now, this came to me um, recently, and um, it, it's a... It, for me, a very um, interesting story. But um, I was walking through Heaton Park. Heaton Park is a, a nice, beautiful park in northern Manchester, uh, for those of you that don't know. It's, it's got like a nice um, lake, um, but it's quite popular, you know, and, and there's a lot of people walking through it, so you don't expect to see anything rare. Um, I was walking with a friend, Emily, and I, I see a glimpse of like green in the trees. And I think, what's that? Is that like a bag caught in the tree? And as I get closer, um, I see a pair of ring-necked parakeets. Wow. Now, now, anybody would see this bird and they would say to themselves, you know, it's a pet. It's, it's got out of its owner's home and it's escaped and it's gone up in these trees. And there's two of them as a pair, a male and a female. You can tell because a male has a, a, an obvious ring around its neck and a female doesn't. But they're both bright green and they're both parrots, like part of the parrot family. They're a parakeet and they look beautiful. Um, and I saw them up in the tree and I was like, that is insane. You will like that is the shiny Charizard of 
birds, in, especially in, in Northern Territories. So uh, ring-necked parakeets, there is a colony of them in London, and they tend to sort of be um, in relatively rural uh, places, but they've gone a little bit more urban. Um, and if, if memory serves me right, they're not really um, acclimatized to our cold temperatures. They tend to be in Africa and a little bit of India, and they're called different things, I think, like rose-necked parakeets or something like that. And when I saw this bird, I was like, that's amazing. Like, that is a rare find that I won't probably see many times in, in my future. Did you manage to get a photo, George? Uh, yeah, I got a photo, but it's on my phone, so it's very terrible. Um, and I'll be sure to send that to you, to you guys, just so you can see it. Yeah, we'll put it up. But um, yeah, it, it, the rarity of seeing that is, um, you know, so, something quite unique to to me. But it also got me thinking, like this would be a great topic to talk about on Bring to the Table, because I wanted you guys to also maybe try and, and develop a bit of an interest in birds. You know, there's. There's so many species in in Britain alone, and it's quite an interesting thing for me because I've I've all I'm, I'm a twitcher, um, you know, inherited from my father, and I have always got my head in the clouds, like you know, looking for birds and seeing something, you know, I I always love it when I see a, a jay or a heron or something like that, you know, these are like slightly bigger birds, you know, the the not ones that you see as often as others, so it's always just like a little bit of a an interest for me. But, you know, birds are amazing creatures and they're everywhere. You can't miss them. And anybody else might look at them and just kind of glance at them and go, ah, it's just a bird and stuff like that. But you might be seeing a rare bird. And I wanted to bring this to the table because I wanted you guys um, to maybe when you're out on a walk, we're all doing a lot of walks at the moment because of uh, of the word that shall not be named beginning with C. Um, and <laughs> I wanted you guys to maybe try and look. You don't need a bird book. You don't necessarily need any binoculars or anything like that. You can just like sort of spot, you know, and, and have a look and then maybe check on your phone. Your RSPB have a, a great like sort of collective of birds um, where you can get name calls. You can get looks, you know, you can get um, where they are and like the seasonal birds and when they come up and stuff like that. And I just think it's it's something that I think you guys might get a little kick out of just spotting these birds and, and seeing where it takes you, really. I don't expect you to have a, a massive passion for it. For me, obviously, it's nostalgic. But for you guys, it might be quite a nice little casual hobby to take when you go on a walk. <laughs> Absolutely. I think I've seen these birds before, you know, walking yeah. in a park in Didsbury. Yeah, so um, <clears throat> about a year ago, I was just uh, walking with my girlfriend for a park in Didsbury, and she spotted these two bright green things flying between wow. trees. And it was like an overcast day as well. So mm. they, they did stand out, but we thought it can't, there's no native bird that's that colour. <laughs> so we followed, we went to the tree it flew in and then we tried looking and it obviously blended in with the colour of the tree. So we didn't have much luck. But then we came back in the summer and saw a flock of these parrots flying wow. between the uh, trees. So like, I reckon there's about five or ten of them just mm. hopping from tree to tree in their flocks. It was bizarre. Yeah, so the the sort of like they've got quite a large colony um, mm. in in London, and I think there's about thirty thousand of them um, wow. currently in the UK. And yeah, it, it's not uncommon for them to leave London and go elsewhere and stuff like that. But finding them this far up north is actually relatively rare. So for you to see that, you know, that's quite impressive. 
and yeah, I I think they're they're coming more up north as as the seasons start to change. And you know, obviously, there's there's things like global warming and stuff like that that maybe is is making them sort of uh, branch out a little bit more. But yeah, it's still an amazing thing for you to see that. I'm, I'm quite jealous. But <laughs> oh, we should go down there together, man. I'm sure they're still there. It's interesting for me as well. So when you first started talking, um, you know, my, my dad's actually really into British birds as well, and and he had loads of catalogues when I was growing up. But I suppose you'd call them more magazines, um, and it wasn't birds as in the animals. It was just some of his old pornos. So <laughs> we, we used. Yeah, we'd go on holiday together with his binoculars and, and try and spot all the finest British birds. But <laughs> the head in the clouds thing that you mentioned, George, I, I kind of love the idea of that because uh, it's a bit different. But when I walk around uh, these places, I, I try and sort of look at the, the buildings that are up because you see a lot of old buildings that have, you don't really sort of ever look at the tops of. Mm. Uh, and it's a very similar thing, I imagine, with birds where you're just missing so much uh, yeah. of what's out there. You just kind of either... Head in, head in your shoes while you're listening to something um, or you're potentially, you know, looking at your phone or, or a device. I think, you know, if anyone is listening to this on the move at all, just have a little look up and, and see what's about because, yeah, I, I'm probably guilty of, of not doing it as well, really. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, for me, it's it's always just a, a magical feeling to see that, like, bird that you've... It's rare that you'll ever see that again. And, you know, obviously with the, the current way of things, you know, like birds habitats are starting to you know get smaller and smaller and there's certain birds that you you don't really see and there's certain birds that are adapting quite well you know there's it's it's an amazing thing there's so many little facts you know in america there's crows that have learned to sit on top of traffic lights and drop like a nut so that the car will run over it crack it open for them and then when the red light shows and they know the red light shows They'll go and they'll eat that nut. Oh, it's nice. intelligence beyond belief. And then, like peregrine falcons, I mean, peregrine falcon is my favorite bird of all time. It's the fastest animal on the planet. It can dive at about 200 miles per hour. Uh, they've got insane vision, seeing things from like a mile away. They're like the, the ultimate predator bird and they're brilliant. But they've been like trained to sit around airports and scare birds away so that they don't get in the engines when planes take off and land. And that to me is amazing. Like these birds actually getting used as, as workers, you know, they don't, they don't even get a minimum wage. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, that is super. Where does the sort of saying bird brain come from then? Because I always figured that meant someone who was stupid, but it sounds like it's probably maybe the wrong phrase to use <laughs> if they're intelligent. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, obviously, not all birds are, are, are as smart as these crows or birds of prey. You know, certain species like parrots and, and, and crows and, and magpies and things like that, they're quite smart. Mm. And there's birds like cuckoos who will literally take um, eggs out of other birds' nests, like a pigeon's nest or something like that, just drop them to the ground and kill them, lay their own eggs there and basically make the pigeons raise their young for them. It's like wow. th that's intelligence at, wow. at, at another level. Baby mamas. Yeah. But then you also have like pigeons, like pigeons, like they bob their head backwards and forwards like that. And yeah. Because of that, like their brains are slightly smaller and covered by like a coating of jelly inside their skull. 
so that it doesn't bash about a bit. So maybe that's what uh, first ring comes up. I have no idea. I mean, yeah, <laughs> no, it's it's interesting. I did worry as well at the start when you said that you're going to link this. Uh, bird theme to last week. I thought you were going to give us a freestyle rap about all the birds you could name. Can uh, you imagine was, that? Oh, it would have been insane, but it was more <laughs> to do with the, the Pokemon cards, which I like the analogy of as well. So yeah. do, you, do you think these ring-neck parakeets then are sort of the rarest you've ever seen? No, no. I mean, With, with there being be honest, two of them. It's, it's hard for me to say. Like, not, I mean, they always tend to go around in, in pairs anyway, but it's... Um, it's hard for me to say, really, because obviously Connor's just said he's seen a whole flock of them. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, I've seen I've seen a golden eagle. Uh, golden eagles are, are relatively rare. Uh, you do not often see those. My dad has seen a, a, ho- a hopo, a hopo, a hopo. I think it is called. You rarely ever get it. it's a very um, migrationally seasonal bird, and you rarely get it in the UK. And he saw that one uh, down south. Um, some birds you do get down south because it's slightly warmer and they might migrate over to uh, England by happenstance. Um, but yeah, I, I'd say the rarest I've ever seen is a golden eagle once um, in the wild, which you, you don't often see. You know, you see them, all, all these birds of prey shows that you may have been to as a kid, but seeing them in the wild, it's it's something quite magical because they're so big, and so massive and so beautiful as well. Well, thank you for that, George. That's a pure passion there. And <laughs> resident Twitcher, of course, it makes <laughs> a lot more sense coming from your mouth than it does from mine. I'm pretty sure I haven't seen the same bird as you. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> it didn't look like it was uh, regional to the area, so that's why I brought it up. But I'll have yeah, to well, check, mate. <clears throat> it, it might have been. It might very well have been. I don't know. Um, obviously, <laughs> see it. The thing is, like, I, it's it's quite an intimidating topic to talk about because um, I am a, a Twitcher and I've inherited from my dad, but both of us I would consider quite amateur when you compare them to the people who are, like, you know, really crazy about birds. So I feel like quite hesitant to say these facts that it might not be fact. And if anybody does have any queries or they want to talk to me about birds or I think I may have said something wrong. Please uh, get in touch by email. Very much enjoy talking to you. Yeah, the email is show at bitpod, B-I-T-T-T-P-O-D.com. I'm getting better at that, aren't I? Yeah. Lovely, yeah. <laughs> Nailed it. Okay, it's time for the last topic of the episode, which is me, Connor. Bring it to the table! So today, chaps, I'm going to be talking about music most importantly, a band, actually. Now, it's one of the uh, one of the newest bands that I've just got into, and I absolutely love them, okay? They're called TV Priest. Have <laughs> you chaps heard of them before? Never heard of that, no. TV Priests? Yeah, Priests, the singular. Sorry, TV Priest, singular. Yeah, Never, yeah, heard one of them. Never heard of them. Only one priest. Yeah, just one priest, yeah. Sorry about that there, chaps. Sorry. Um, don't, don't do it again, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was my, my fault. I, I just misheard you. I, didn't, I think my uh, my audio went a bit funny. So. Well, what do you think they're going to sound like just from their name? Uh, electro TV. Electro? I, I think it's got an electro vibe to it. Okay, I don't think. Yeah, maybe some uh, sort of villagey type. I'm thinking of the Vicar of Dibley because they're a TV priest. So I'm wondering if it's like village tunes. Yeah, maybe Father Ted esque as well. Hmm. Well, I'm delighted to say that you're both wrong because. The name has nothing to do with what they look like, really. <laughs> I could be really ignorant in, in saying that. They might get in touch and say it has everything to do with it and I will be banned from their fan list. 
I'll just introduce them to you then anyway. So as I said, they're my favorite band at the moment. Um, they're sort of like an indie punk sounding band, okay? So if you've heard of the band Idols before, a lot of people compare them to TV Priest. So Idols have been on Radio 1 quite a bit these past year or so. Uh, I've got a lot of shaking heads here, so I'm assuming for the listeners at home, if you've heard of Idols, TV Priest sound like that. And if you haven't, it's a bit indie sort of punk sounding, okay? Cool. Uh, they're a four-piece band from, uh, from London, okay? So you've got Charlie, who's the singer, Alex, who's the guitarist, Nick, who plays bass and keyboard, and Ed, who's the drummer, okay? Cool. Quite an interesting fact about these four chaps is that they all went to school together. So they're all from the same area in London, mm. all grew up together, all went to school together, and now they're in a band together. Oh, cool. So that's quite a nice sort of um, heartwarming tale about them. <laughs> you know how hard it is to keep in touch with your mates from school, especially mm. in like a big city like London as well, you know? Do you chaps still chat to at least four of your mates from school? <laughs> no, I, uh, I have no. I have one friend, I think, from school. Uh, if you are listening, Luke, I love you, man. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, I, I've got no idea what any of the people that I went to school with are doing these days. Yeah, a couple of my brother's mates that I still game with, but otherwise, uh, none from my year. Wow. See, I've, I think I've got two that I still chat to, so it's quite an incredible feat to still chat to these guys and be in a band with them. So props to TV Priest for being the friendliest bunch of chaps. <laughs> um, they used to be in a band together before TV Priest called Tortures, if you've heard of them. I've never really heard of them, but I just thought I'd put it out there. That was back in 2010, so it's when they had more hair and a uh, lot more, l- less facial hair, actually. But they sound a bit more gothic in terms of genre, so it's quite a different sound. But between um, the band Tortures and TV Priest, the, uh, the lead singer, Charlie, who I just mentioned... He made a living out of being a graphic designer, which I thought was pretty cool. And he used to make prints for um, bands like Fontaine's DC. Oh, yeah. If you've heard of them as well. well I thought that's quite an interesting plug to put in there because they're sort of in the same genre now, you know. Imagine creating work for someone who you've been competing with in two years in a completely different field. Like, that's quite an interesting way of looking at it, I thought. So, so far, we've got about who they are, what they sound like, and... Um, a bit of their history, but I, would, I kind of want to mention why I particularly like them and why I'm bringing them to the table. One of the main things I like about them is their fashion sense. <laughs> so <laughs> in, a, in music, fashion is quite big, I think. You know, you've got to look good, to sound good a lot of the time. Otherwise, no, one got, no one's going to want to look at you. Yeah, yeah. So these guys, you know, they, they're, they're quite trendy. They're very London hipster. We're walking down Hackney. <laughs> you can picture it now, you know, bold head, beanie hat, Thick moustache, big coat, rolled up ankle socks, gold <laughs> rings. Just uh, just some of the things that they do wear. Just like really, us then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you should say that. Uh, I've just bought a gold ring uh, that he was wearing in one of his videos. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, he's inspired me. Well, yeah, I mean, you, are... you actually are trendy, Connor. I think uh, yeah. me and Stephen maybe fall by the wayside a little bit, but you've actually got a bit of a uh, trend about you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I cheers, think... George. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> These guys are friends, don't worry. The <laughs> <laughs> so TV Priest formed in 2019, and they've just released a couple singles, but they've only played one gig, these chaps, okay? Okay. And that was in an industrial freezer unit in Hackney. 
Of course how it was. How yeah. weird is that? It's very, uh, <laughs> very London, isn't it? <laughs> very hipster. How does it work? Like, was the fridge on? Freezer on? <laughs> people wearing coats? Was there, like, hanging meat like Rocky? Yeah, exactly. TV priest, was there hanging meat like Rocky? <laughs> well, at were... bitpod.com. <laughs> <laughs> at least they were warm. They all wear the beanie hats, so, you know. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. No. So is is this a um, is this a pandemic thing? Then they've only done one gig. Are they are they, are they quite new? That's right. Yeah. So forming in twenty nineteen, only had a chance to do one gig before the pandemic. But they've been quite successful during the pandemic because they've just released their new EP last week, early February, depending on when you're listening to this, called Uppers. Now I bought it on vinyl. Nice. Um, have you chaps collect? Do you collect vinyls at all? Whilst we're talking about it, I do. No, to my everlasting shame, I don't. My brother has got a, a ridiculous collection, um, but I never got into it. I just haven't got the room for a vinyl player and vinyls, to be honest. Mm. Sad times. Yeah, okay, I've, I've, I've got a nice little collection building. Um, I'm moving house in, well, hopefully May or June of this year. Yeah. I'm going to sort of de- dedicate a little shrine in my new place to to all things music and records. So I've got got big grand plans for that. I'd say I'm in the middle of both of you. I'd say, Steve, you're on the high-end spectrum of vinyl collector. George, you're at the low end of nothing. Still using <laughs> cassettes and CDs. Cassettes and CDs. How little you must think of me. I've got Spotify. Everything's online now. Who needs, yeah. uh, who needs a vinyl? George, your Walkman's in shot behind you. Yeah. <laughs> Hide. Microsoft soon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still using LimeWire. How about you guys? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah the, the vinyl i've got it's a limited edition press it's like a special gray color right it looks a bit like i don't know imagine a tortilla wrap but gray <laughs> okay <laughs> it looks like a gray tortilla wrap um, nice. it's quite cool it's something different to add to, to add to the collection i thought and it's a little gimmick that they can do to just stand out from the rest yeah, you could yeah. say it's very trendy and hipster of them to do that (laughs) well i mean it must be at expense to themselves because to release a a really fancy vinyl like that you probably don't have a production company backing you and paying for all this so it's quite impressive yeah that's a good way to look at it actually didn't think about that i like them even more now thanks george (laughs) you're welcome (laughs) i've always thought it must be one of like the most fun parts of being a a band in the early stages getting to sort of create uh well basically whatever you like you can go a bit gorilla with it can't you but i've got a couple of of records where the the actual sort of record itself is like a different color or it looks a bit different or there's some sort of gimmick to it and i think as long as you do it right it doesn't look tacky Uh, yeah yeah, i'm well into that have have you got sort of a um a picture that we could maybe post for the listeners to have a look at this uh great tortilla of course yeah so i'll make sure that i uh tag the picture in either Twitter and or Instagram, which is at BitPod, B-I-T-T-T-P-O-D. Ooh. I am getting better at it. Nailing it. Yeah. Looking forward to George trying this next week. BitPod. <laughs> Good Lord. Seventeens. <laughs> Beard. My uh, favourite track on this new EP, by the way, chaps, that I think you guys would like as well, is a song called Decoration. Okay. Now, the first time I heard this was with the video, so... I definitely recommend you boys watch the YouTube video with it when you're listening to the track the first time. The same goes for the listeners at home. Do it that way because the video is its pretty special. It's not amazing production value. It's just quite a random, funny and cool style video. 
there's a scene when he's singing with his head out of the sofa, like a dog that's just ripped through with his teeth, which I thought was quite a nice little thing that you remember. You know, mm. I'm bringing it to the podcast and bringing it to the table. That's how much it resonated with me. So Indeed. I'm looking forward to you guys at home listening to that. And that's pretty much what I've got to say in terms of what I've written down about TV Priest. And there's, they've got a lot to, more to show, but I think they're going to achieve some big things this cool. year, especially. And as soon as the live music scene pops up again, keep an eye out for them. They'll be playing all over the UK for sure this year. Hmm. Oh, it sounds, sounds really interesting. I, I'll definitely be checking out. I mean, I love music. And uh, to be honest, something that I always appreciate is like watching the video first. I think sometimes you can you can watch a song and the the video makes it pop even Definitely. more. You know, I, I come from like a, a sort of media film and TV background, and and for me the visuals like stand out more sometimes. So uh, I I agree with that. I'll definitely be watching the uh, video first. I've given them a follow on Spotify, Connor. Uh, I'll definitely be checking them out as well. It's kind of big big fan of Fontaine's DC. Uh, I've listened to a lot of their stuff over the last probably twelve months. Uh, so yeah, if they're, if they're a bit like that way i think i'll i'll be into them yeah I, I definitely compare them to fontaine's dc as well you know obviously without the irish accent but they're up there in my top five artists at the moment fontaine's dc so it's a great comparison actually george what are you listening to at the moment apart from bring it to the table <laughs> and harry back <laughs> yeah it's just like all i'm listening to is that launch trailer uh steven great <laughs> job by the way um <laughs> It's a tough one, really. I, I I go through phases of listening to both like punk and sort of a heavier mix to listening to easy stuff. But um, what's eaten up a lot of my time recently, and, and you might laugh or you might actually agree with me, Taylor Swift is Ooh. fucking phenomenal. Tay-tay. Her past two albums back in 2020 are both equally as brilliant as as each other. And, and the songs are fantastic. She's sort of gone off a little bit more indie and and sort of followed her own desires and wants with music rather than following you know studios own interests and money making schemes so I've, I've really been enjoying her music to be honest with you and would would recommend you sort of check them out wow i wasn't expecting that i'm not really into taylor swift so well neither neither am i if i'm honest like if you listen to all their old stuff it's too poppy for me i'm not really a pop person but you know, this is it's another level, and and she like uh, she does a lot of work with um, Bonnie Ver, you know, Justin Vernon, um, and does uh, one of the guys from the National actually helped her produce the 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 album, and has since helped her produce the second album, and the National band has also been there along with Haim and, and other artists. So uh, okay. yes, definitely check them out. Well, that's next week's topic sorted for you then. Too, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'd leave all the music to you, mate. Yeah, well, clearly Taylor Swift's off the table for me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but that's all I've got time for, really, chaps. That's my topic over. That's my first music topic. Did it go well? Did it go bad? You can let me know at show at bitpod, B-I-T-T-T-P-O-D.com. Hate mail is welcome, but love mail is even more welcome. Amen, brother. Awesome. Keep it simple as well for the listener, Connor. Where can they find TV Priest? You can find TV Priest on Instagram, at TV Priest. That's T-V-P-R-I-E-S-T. Got the spelling right there. Oh, I before E. Or you can find them <laughs> on Spotify. You can Google them. Just search TV Priest. All their things pop up there. Jabs. Awesome. Bring it to the table. 
Well, that was all we have for episode two of Bring It to the Table. Stephen delightfully explained to us the fantastic game show Divided. George inspired us with his bird watching. And I brought you a new band that you might want to listen to. <laughs> Just depends. Just depends. But how do you think it went, guys? Yeah, great. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, super interesting. Quite, quite a, uh, a weird mix. Definitely. You would never see those three topics in the same podcast ever again, would you? I doubt it. But thank you very much for listening, guys. You know, we do this for the listeners at home as well as ourselves. Just a bit of fun. If you want to get in touch, it's show at bitpod, B-I-T-T-T-P-O-D.com. Or you can find us on Instagram and Twitter on at bitpod, B-I-T-T-T-P-O-D. We'll be back again soon with another episode of three completely different topics for you to get your teeth stuck into. Thanks for listening, guys. I'm your host, Connor. I'm George. And I'm Stephen. Take care. Bye. Bye.